Well, it was one of those captain's choice things, and I made two putts. That was the the sum total of my contribution. Okay. It's better than nothing. Yeah. We've got two more Carolina Indie Fest interviews this week, so we're going to jump right in. First is Crystal Bright of Crystal Bright and Silver Hands. Crystal Bright and Silver Hands are headlining day two of Carolina Indie Fest. That's on Friday, September 23rd, and Saturday, September 24th at Hugger Mugger Brewing in downtown Sanford. For more information, visit huggermuggerbrewing.com. This is Bahando La Luna by Crystal Bright and Silver Hands.
out by, you know, telling us about yourself and um, talking a little bit about your music. I had a chance to listen to it and it's really wild. I think it's really majestic and, and um, there's a lot of ways to describe it, but I'd love to hear, you know, your take on it. I love majestic. Thanks for that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, wow. It's, it's kind of a combination of, you know, all my influences and loves of world music. And I, you know, I studied ethnomusicology in grad school, um, back in 2000 well never mind I won't tell you that because that give away <laughs> but yeah and then you know taught um, in various different kinds of schools and uh, worked on teaching multicultural curriculum and played a mariachi band and that's when I started playing accordion and yeah. started and played Chinese ensemble and a Ugandan ensemble and an, you know Balinese gamelan ensemble and lots of things and I just loved learning new instruments and and I'm just a, an instrument geek. And I have picked up a lot of things on the way, including the saw and try to incorporate that as much as possible. And, yeah. and I started, you know, I started when the recession happened, I started my own band in 2010 ish and was touring pretty regularly until COVID. Yeah. And then I had so many amazing experiences playing at steampunk festivals and dragon con and, um, you know, a couple of things in, in Thailand, even when I went to visit there, oh, wow. in Canada and the West Coast and had had this old yellow DHL van that got us everywhere. And we built a loft bed in that I finally had to give up because the, cause the transmission busted. But oh. it, it was so much fun, you know, and meeting so many different people across the country and the world was amazing. And I have so many stories and I'm so glad I got to do that. And I'm, I have newborn, well, I, they're just turned one. I have oh, one year old Congratulations. Happy birthday. <laughs> um, so my life is kind of so different now. And I'm trying to keep, I'm doing, I've been doing jazz, staying in jazz and doing jazz solos and mm-hmm. accordion um, for the past few years with Robert Griffin. He's been uh, who used to play with the Sprunet Zippers, and he's amazing. Oh. He's in, in the 70s and and super wacky, and um, I'm play, you know, playing at the cave with him. So I'm doing jazz and then doing my own thing still, and this will be a new, completely new band on Saturday. On, oh, wow. On Saturday. That, um, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I'm having a rehearsal with him tomorrow, um, but not the guitar player. who We will only be having a Zoom rehearsal. Oh, wow. So it'll be interesting. Um, but, you know, I tried to do the best I could with giving them the charts. And you do what you can with, with what's going on in the world and having different people not available and everything. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited and I'm also nervous. And uh, I'm looking forward to being seeing people and seeing more music and feeling just getting some energy from that. Yeah. I don't want to say normal because that's not a thing anymore, but <laughs> no, no, it isn't. But, um, you mentioned learning all these different instruments. What's kind of your musician origin story. Where did you start? I started playing the piano when I was seven. Um, cause the piano teacher moved down the street and I was like, hey, I'm going to take piano lessons. Cause I loved singing. And mm-hmm. I, I still have recordings of me when I was like five singing with my family, doing Christmas stuff. And, making up all kinds of nonsense and (laughs) so and taking it very seriously but also fun um and then you know I did that and then took started taking guitar in 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 middle school when Nirvana was yeah (laughs) was in like cool and I was a skateboarder and all that and um and then just kind of picked up the various percussion things then started writing on the piano after and then went to college for anthropology. Well, I went to college for drama because I was really into musical theater. And I was uh-huh. like, I'm going to be an actress. It's so fun. And that didn't work out because that just was too crazy for me. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was just way too much actual drama and competition that felt icky. And oh, so yeah. I, switched to anthropo- I switched to anthropology and music. And then I was like, do I want to do anthropology? 
or archaeology because I loved Indiana Jones. <laughs> so <it's> like, <laughs> That's great. So then my one of my teachers told me about ethnomusicology, which is world music and that's that's what I did and incorporated that into my own thing. Um, did some teaching around that, but picked up lots of instruments on the way. And yeah, just learned about all different types of cultures and how they view music. You know, like mm-hmm. in some cultures, they don't even have a word for music because it's just so much part of daily life for everyone. They don't mm-hmm. have this idea of talent and and the idea of talent being kind of just a Western idea, um, mm-hmm. traditionally or whatever. Um, and oh. I would just think that everybody has the ability to do be musical. It's just innate. It's, it's the, the world music stuff. I mean, it's like a huge blind spot for me. I don't know a whole lot about it, but is that something you picked up on through studying ethnomusicology or was it something that you had an interest in to begin with? I mean, you mentioned Nirvana, which for people of a certain age, that's kind of a, that's kind of a thing, you know, but um, what, what kind of sparked your, uh, your desire to, to go look and see how they do it in other parts of the world? I think probably because I grew up in such a, like a very, very small town with not a lot of diversity. <laughs> right. And I was always like, there's more, you know, I would get the Columbia, the Columbia records CDs, like oh, yeah. get 10 CDs for the price of one. And I was yeah. like, learned about Bjork and PJ Harvey and like, um, some, uh, you know, Akova, this other band that incorporates world stuff. I just kind of did it. I don't remember really why, just because I wanted more than what, than like country or like Led Zeppelin you know, right. in, in the bills, <laughs> which is, and yeah, I did listen to a lot of actually heavy stuff, you know, um, and got into that too for a while. I went to a lot of sh- like metal shows and, uh, and like System of Down and Deftones and stuff like that. That actually so, doesn't surprise me because I can hear a lot of it. You can't say metal influence, but just in the way some of the stuff that you do is, is sort of built. I could see, you know, it being metal adjacent or a, a metal fan hiding in there somewhere, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm very picky with it, with, with the screaming, but uh-huh. yeah, I mean, I, there's definitely a lot of that that I liked and, and um, loved going to the shows. Yeah, and Mr. Bungle, too. I think that was kind of like, oh, yeah. you know, Mike Patton. Mike Patton is my favorite male vocalist, and he... His, his, um, I saw Mr. Bungle and Faith Amore and Tomahawk too. And the same he night, incorporates all that. No, oh. that would be epic. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it just kind of was like a natural flow and of interest, and then built upon everything that came before. I had a Belgian roommate in college, and she intru- actually introduced me to a lot of stuff. Oh wow, that's yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's you kind of get it from the source, you know. Um, mm-hmm. You you mentioned earlier that this is a, a a new band you've got a new lineup and this is something I ask a lot of people but I think it's really going to um, be interesting to see in, in your case in particular I, I I referenced the the music being you know very majestic and there's just a lot to it um, how does it compare to your live uh, setup do you do you try to emulate the recorded thing or do you do you let it go its own direction based on who you might have or not have. Yeah, this is, it is a lot of basing it on what I have, you know, because it's been a lot of different iterations over the past years yeah. of different events and different musicians. And I like to have the full energy, you know, like I like having guitar to have the, like the really reverberate swelling stuff mm-hmm. um, and to fill the sound out more. But it really, yeah, it depends on the on the players too, and and how, how much practice we've had together. <laughs> but it, it does change, you know. Like a lot, the, the recordings have a lot on them because we had more time and to build it yeah. up. And there were strings and horns, and I have had strings and horns before for certain things. But generally, you know, it'll just be bass, drums, and guitar, and me on piano and accordion this time. So it won't be as full. But and and sometimes I get frustrated when it's not. But I have to just like take a breath and be like look this is what we're working with right now so this is what it's going to sound like right 
Right. It's always funny to hear and just, you know, have different musicians approach it. Some people want to really be able to replicate the recordings and other people see it as an opportunity to try it in a new way, a new arrangement or whatever. So I'm, I'm really curious, but especially in your case, I think it's going to be cool to see. Um, you referenced also, you know, that you before COVID spent several years on the road. Um, what, uh, just talk about like your recorded output, what's out there for people to find. Um, there's, there's a debut album that has like six songs on it. That's was from 2010. So and it it was self-made <laughs> by uh -huh. friends in the house and um and with some live tracks on there and those are like just my first songs that I was writing and then there's uh Muses and Bones after that which was my first full-length album that has mm -hmm. lots of horns and stuff and then there's the Absolute Elsewhere which was my concept album with my photographer Photoshop friend who does all my album covers and I picked out a bunch of his photos um that are beautiful ethereal like amazing he does he's done stuff with neil gaiman and oh, wow. um he's he had a, a show with um hr geiger stuff oh wow I think that's how you in germany yeah. once so like he is just amazing and i've been so lucky to work with him and so i picked out a bunch of his um photos and talked with him about what they meant to him and the stories and then kind of made up my own stories and wrote the songs based around that um very cool so that's up there and that i feel like that and the one after that staring at the sun well all those last three ones really haven't gotten the traction they deserve because i'm just so proud of them and they're they're like they have so many musicians and so much talent on them and i was so proud of them and, and i did the staring at the sun one with at the fidelitorium with mitch, mitch easter oh who's, wow who's a great engineer who's worked yeah. with a lot of people and um yeah, that was super fun. And um, that's, they're kind of split up on digital distribution. I think <laughs> there's two Spotify channels, Crystal Bright and Silver Hands and Crystal Bright that you can find stuff uh -huh. on. And it's on, you know, Amazon and Pandora and all that, all that stuff too, whatever you want to use. And my website, which is the most direct route, which is thecrystalbright.com. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, where does, uh, where do the silver hands come from? That is, came from an old, a really old folk tale, which a lot of my songs, earlier songs do, um, are inspired by, uh, women who run with wolves, Clarissa Pinkolastis, oh, comparative yeah. mythologist, kind of like Joseph Campbell. Yeah. He was my first dive into that. The old mono myth. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The hero's journey. Um, but this one was more about the woman's perspective inside of that and, different phases of women's lives and yeah so the silver hands was an old folk tale about this okay. uh, yeah this girl whose dad accidentally traded her for to the devil for all the riches in the world because she was it was kind of a weird story <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, like he couldn't take her there he, she was like don't bathe her because she's too pure and then he came back that didn't work and he was like cut off her hands so they cut off her hands that didn't work so she became a beggar and the king saw in his pear orchard eating apples and or pears and uh fell in love with her married her went off to war basically in the end they find each other again and her hands have grown back um he made her silver hands so it was kind of this whole analogy of the silver hands being the extra hands to help me fill out the sound uh -huh. <laughs> of, of what i was meant to do and uh that's where that came from awesome is learning about things like the, the folk tales about the silver hands and comparative mythology that you mentioned, is, is that part of the, the training you got with regards to your education in ethnomusicology? Oh, no, it was, it was kind of like a sidebar. Um, I got you. It probably, because I was interested in Joseph Campbell and comparative mythology, and then they're kind of like flow together. Sure. I didn't directly learn about that with my studies. It was just kind of a thing that happened after. But it's, I mean, it's it's adjacent. So, I mean, yeah. even if you're interested in one, you'd probably be turned on to the other. Yeah. Right. I think it's cool. I think it's cool. Um, so your setup is guitar, drums, and bass, and you on piano or accordion? Mm -hmm. Okay, great. And or. <laughs> <Sometimes>. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, you switch back and forth throughout the set. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my shoulder is not the what it used to be, so I will be sore at the end. But like, <laughs> it, it's totally worth it. But yeah, yeah. sometimes I, I'd play the accordion with my left hand and then do stuff on the piano in the right hand. Oh, wow. Try to fill out the sound uh, that's on the recording. So you're you're pulling like triple duty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Well, did you just want to repeat one more time where where people can find um, find your music? You, you know, one more chance to say your website and any social media channels. Yeah, it's my website is thecrystalbright.com, and you can find uh, all my stuff also on Bandcamp, Crystal Bright and the Silver Hands. Okay. And um, and also on Spotify, Crystal Bright and the Silver Hands or Crystal Bright. Okay, great. And YouTube. Yeah, great. Well, um, look, thank you for your time. I know I know you've got a busy schedule, but I'm um, looking forward to seeing you next weekend. Thanks, you too. Stars are guiding us If we would Feel lost, look inside a speck of dust resides. We seem so small, our hearts are stronger.
Outside by Crystal Bright and Silver Hands, who are headlining day two of Carolina Indie Fest on Saturday, September 24th at Hugger Mugger Brewing in downtown Sanford. Next up, Billy Liggett interviewed me about my band, Ord Patrol, who are also playing Saturday, September 24th at Carolina Indie Fest. This is Red Shirts by Ord Patrol. The Elkars lights in the Union Hall are dim and barely Punch cards that we used to use Have been taken and removed And the look you gave was pain to me As you digested the news That our beloved Captain's Union been violently overthrew co-host Gordon Anderson has stepped out of the room for a minute, but I'll go ahead and get this started. And I'd like to welcome Gordon Anderson from Sanford based Ord Patrol, uh, one of the perform- performing artists uh, coming up in the uh, Carolina Indie Fest. Uh, Gordon, welcome to the Friends of the Rant podcast. I, I've uh, been looking forward to this for a while. Greetings. Thank you for thank you for inviting me on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, we've talked about it, uh, you know, on, on this, and uh, and I think um, 
you know, people close to you know that you're a musician and people who know you know that you're a musician, but I don't know that of the, you know, what, 10,000 followers we have on the rant uh, and of the, the few hundred who listen to our podcast uh, on a regular basis, they're not always aware that, uh, that you have this secret life as a musician. And it's been something that's been part of your life, um, I guess, since when? Since high school? Were you, were you in a band in high school? Yeah. My first band was in junior high school, as it was oh. called then. What was uh what was the name of your first band? Uh that that band was called Pandemonium. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Clever, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it didn't didn't uh well there wasn't very much to it. Yeah. Was it uh did you even did did anybody actually know how to play or was it uh um the guy who was playing drums was very good. Okay. And the guy who was playing guitar was very good. And I just thought it would be cool to be in a band. So I, I got a bass guitar and the one one string, two notes kind of playing. Okay. I, I At that time, I drew an album cover. Um, sadly, it was never, never, <laughs> never realized. But it was uh, the first Pandemonium album was going to be called uh, Elevator. And <laughs> I think and, elevator would have been a good name for the yeah. <laughs> and I, and I drew an elevator closing, and there was darkness, but there were some evil eyes in the in in the in the elevator, and there was a voice bubble <laughs> coming out, and it said "going down." <laughs> <laughs> did uh, did your middle school textbooks that had the uh, the little paper covers on them? Did they have? elevator and pandemonium art on there were you, were um, you drawing were you drawing your your band names all over your books i can't remember if i did that <laughs> if i went that far probably did something stupid like that yeah um the the those who get to know you like whether it's through politics or through through the rant uh when you whether it's revealed to them through social media posts or maybe in conversation uh, are they usually surprised to find out that uh, that you are a musician with a with a band and that you have music that's out there in the world? Um, yeah, I, I get surprised sometimes, and I've been told by my musician friends and other non musician friends that I should be more forthcoming with the fact that I write music and play music with some very talented people and and, and record it. Um, but I just feel like you know it's. On the one hand, it's something that I'm always going to do. On the other hand, it's uh, I'm far, far, far past the point of expecting um, to earn any kind of um, recognition or money off of it. And um, you know, I, I I kind of don't want to look like the 42 year old guy hanging on to hanging on to my youth through through childish music. But I, I'm, I'm I'm probably a little too too harsh on myself about it. Well, I've been saying that for since we were back in our radio days when you were in a band called Dr. Powerful. We actually used Dr. Powerful, uh, an opening riff to one of your songs as as the old lead in to the rant radio show. That's and, right. And uh, and I've been telling you all along that uh, I, I feel like you um, I know probably personally you're, you're pretty proud of what you do and, and you like what you do, but publicly there's a reluctance to share it with the world and I want, I want to know where that comes from. Um, I don't know exactly. I, I think it's just people who know me um, through my, my work didn't sign up for me to be like, Hey, check out my music. I, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I do post it. It is available. I'm, it's not a secret. It's just, um, I've been I've been around it long enough to to know that I'm not going to be that guy that goes out and pushes it. I, I guess I'll let other people do that for me. Well, you're not the guy that will break out an acoustic guitar and beat everybody to death with it. Oh no! no oh no! Campfire, but oh no! But, but um, you know, back when you told me you were in a band, you're like, okay, all right, well, that's cute. But then you listen to it, and it's it's. <laughs> Cute. It's good stuff. Yeah, no, it's good stuff though. I mean, when you well, hear thank it. you. No, it's good stuff. And and uh so tell me about the uh complicated 
turn of events that that uh, led to the creation of of your current band, Ort Patrol? Well, it was an idea that I had. Um, the band you mentioned, Doctor Powerful, we had we never really formally ended, um, but uh, you know, a couple people had moved away. Well, everybody had moved away, and um, it was harder and harder to find time to get together. And that where that band was very collaborative. We um, we would come up with parts and we'd play them together until they turned into something. Very rarely did a song arrive fully formed. Um, but with Orc Patrol, I was, this is probably 2012, I started to get the idea that I wanted to continue making music, but I didn't have those, those people that I trusted personally and musically to bounce ideas off of. So I... Um, I was very directly inspired by a band called the Riverdales who were very directly inspired by the Ramones. They had these very simple um, songs that there, there wasn't much to them musically, but they were catchy and, and fun. And um, I had the idea to, um, to kind of take something else I love, which is the, the, the aesthetic of science fiction um, movies and novels and kind of um, make some songs that were maybe a little humorous and um, poking fun at themselves. And um, Aslan Freeman, actually, um, before he was the, the now famous band leader for Nashville's Laney Wilson, he, um, he gave me the very generous friend rate to record 10 songs uh, in his uh, studio that was in his parents' basement at the time, and um, I think that came out in 2013, and it was never really meant to be a full band, but I got a uh, friend of the rant, Ben Brown, um, a musician I really, really admire, um, to kind of join up with me, and we started recording more, and we brought some other people in, and for for the most part, though, it was always just about recording um, and releasing music but it's, you know, it's, it's something that's kept up and we've, we've had several digital releases now. I think there's six or seven. Um, the only one that's a full length album is that very first one, but we've had a number of singles and EPs and it's just been a matter of, you know, when, when there's music that's been written, we get together and record it. And um, as I've referenced before, we're now sort of in the process of playing together rather than um, recording music to get ready for this performance at Caroline Andy Fest. That album um, says here is 2014, the future of yesterday. Yeah. Okay. And, 2014. Um, and it was uh, like you said, Aslan Freeman. Um, and as you mentioned, Lainey Wilson, who is just enormously popular now like, in the country music world. And, and, and Aslan Freeman is, uh, um, is, you know, playing just huge shows now, just ridiculously huge shows, but he produced that album. And I, um, if anybody wants to learn more about Orbit Patrol before they listen to your current stuff, go back and listen to that album. And I've played it. I've played it for people at work. I've played it for people I live with who I'm married to. And I'll say, this is really, and I don't mean to sound surprised in saying it, but it, there's a surprise in that I know this person or I know these people. It's just, a, it's a really good, it, you know, your songs are, are uh, you probably hate this term, but they're catchy. Really uh, it's, 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 it's supposed to be catchy <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> i know uh you know popular music boo but no it's really it's really catchy stuff really good stuff and uh um and are you playing any of that stuff in in this indie fest show or is it all new stuff um because i think i'm not going i'm not going if you don't play the hits there are <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the hits. I, there's one song on that album that uh, that I just I don't. Everybody loves, and I, I don't hate it. I wouldn't have put it on the album if I did. But um, that's a song called "Attack of the Nos Rednas," and yes. I it's everybody's favorite. And I just I don't know. I you know I just kind of whatever. But uh, the the guy who's playing bass with this, his name's Kellett Wade. He um he said to me one time that this needs to be in the set. Um, because everybody loves it. And I said, ah, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't want to do it. And he was like, but 
think of the fans. And I was like, what, <laughs> what fans? What fans? What are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> My daughter did a ukulele cover of it once. That's right. That's right. She we liked we, it so yeah. much. Yeah. Um, uh, but there, you know, we've got some songs on that um, from that record that we're going to be playing. Um, and I mean, a part of that is because the Indie Fest organizers, they wanted, uh, you know, a 60 minute set, which is, it, to me, it's pretty lengthy, especially for a band of this type. So, um, and the question wasn't whether there was enough material to fill 60 minutes. The question was, could the band get ready, get that many songs ready? And we have, um, but, you know, we went through and and pulled a few songs from that that we thought would be fun to learn and, and go right. over well with the crowd. Are your fingers calloused enough for 60 minutes? That's oh, the... sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> um you uh you actually have several shows right i guess i saw four at least yeah. scheduled in the coming weeks um it, and it's uh it's kind of um this you don't play a lot of live shows but now all of a sudden you've got four in the in the coming weeks uh do, do you like playing live to, and i know a lot of it has to do with the fact that you guys just haven't played together a lot but when you when you feel like you are ready is, do you like playing live? Do you like getting in front of people and, and doing this? Yeah, I, I do. Um, and it's funny. I was saying to somebody yesterday um, that, you know, there's all this reluctance to be very, be very public about, about my music, but, and, and that is, that's real. But the minute you sort of get on stage, I, I don't know if it has to do with the fact that maybe I'm hiding behind a guitar a little bit or, hiding behind the, the the raging noise we make but I, I i do like playing live i if i had to get up and, and address a crowd on some other matter i'd be shaking and nervous but playing live's never been a problem so i know with dr powerful you you did a lot of traveling and you played out of out of state shows and and uh and you've got with indie fest you're going to be playing alongside some musicians who um, I know that you admire or um, such as pale face and uh, um, some of the ones that you've interviewed in these past few podcasts, uh, where has this, um, what, what are some of the, uh, well, I also want to say you've gotten to know other artists that you admire, whether it's through social media or some of these shows um, through this journey of yours, who are some of the uh, artists that you've gotten to know that you admire the most or that maybe you even got to play with at, at certain events that, uh, that you had to maybe pinch yourself that, that, uh, you got to do this. Um, I, I would say, you know, Dr. Powerful itself was one of those situations. Um, my friend, Eddie Watkins, who's no longer with us, he played drums in a very, very cool nineties band out of Chapel Hill called Palvo. And so just getting to play with him was um, was one of those pinch yourself kind of moments and, and to be friends with him. Um, he would tell me stories about, you know, going on tour with a band like Sonic Youth or Pavement or um, one time we went to see this band called the Silver Jews and the Silver Jews um, was a guy led by a guy named David Berman and he had um, touring with them was a guy named Bob Nastanovich, who was a member of the band Pavement one of my all-time favorites and he came up and he recognized Eddie from from back in the day and he was like oh hey man and then he looked at me and I don't, I don't know if he thought he knew me or if he was just being nice but he just gave me the biggest like sweatiest hug ever <laughs> so there was a lot of a lot of stuff like that um became very good friends with a band from uh Massachusetts called the Mitchells um and you know great people great music um yeah, there, there's just a bunch. There's there. It's it's a fun thing to do when you do it at that level. And I don't know that there's ever any thought of of taking or patrol like that. I, I guess there's no expectations. But yeah. um, the the shows that the other shows we've got lined up are largely um, one of them is a festival in in memory of my friend Eddie, who I mentioned. Um, the other two come largely through our friendship with this band um, called Youth League. Um, two of the guys in Youth League are from Sanford. Um, they operate out of Durham now, but um, they're just really good friends. One of them I was in a band with 20 years ago and they're, they're just absolutely awesome. And it's, it's cool to, um, 
to play music that you like with friends that you like who are also playing music that you like. That's just, there's, there's kind of no feeling in the world like that. What's different about playing a show in your forties than back when you were in your twenties? Your body hurts. <laughs> you sweat at band practice. Yeah. Um, well, I imagine back in your twenties, you also had the energy to, to, continue with the night after your show if you know what I mean. oh yeah 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 <laughs> i don't imagine that that's quite as important anymore <laughs> no no i mean i'm not gonna act like i'm a broken down old man but it it catches up with you a lot faster and um even even just practicing you know um i i feel our, our drummer tom hudson is a great drummer um he's he's a couple years older than me and he references it all the time i couldn't imagine having to do drums but just the physicality of it yeah i just got a couple more questions um a lot of people that are going to go to indie fest that are going to see you this will be the first time um they've been introduced to to your band uh i know that i read in rolling stone they described y'all as uh, a working man's john mellon camp <laughs> yeah. i wanted to i wanted to how would you just how would you describe your music i guess to uh to virgin ears um i mean the the easiest phrase is pop punk and i was uh, a couple months ago i was on my way to raleigh to pick up grant newspapers and um npr had a feature on the resurgence of pop punk and i, I don't know what in the world they were talking about um i guess that's just my age showing i i think there is a current trend of, of pop punk with people like machine gun kelly I guess that's a person. Um, but uh, what I, what we do is really probably rooted in nineties pop punk, you know, for, for people who aren't big fans of the genre, the green day is probably the, 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 the closest comparison. I could name a million lesser known bands that are hugely inspirational to me, but right. um, the idea is that it's um, it's, you know, a little bit fast up tempo um typically um not your angry screamy punk rock but more your um a lot of a lot of melody i, I try to do uh, try to write a lot of vocal harmonies um really melodic leads that sort of thing and um as i referenced you know there's a, a lot of focus on science fiction spaceships ufos time travel um and the the it's it's done in a very tongue-in-cheek way i uh yeah. i'm a very skeptical person by nature so i don't know if i believe in bigfoot or or, or aliens or anything like that and the, the lyrics if you pay close enough attention that kind of kind of actually reflect that there is also one song that's not um in any way about anything science fiction related it's called urinalism and um <laughs> uh it's uh, there's a reference to um being halfway through a sandwich <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, okay but um again not a song written in anger it's just my lyrics are really it's i don't sit down and with this high-minded concept that i'm gonna express my feelings um even if i end up doing that sometimes it's it's i wouldn't say it's like weird al funny but um i'm just trying to have fun and write songs that i would listen to if uh if somebody else wrote them Speaking of, I know you're a huge Weird Al fan. He's oh, got the, yeah. new, the the new movie coming out, and just from the trailer, I love that it's a it's almost like a Weird Al parody of yeah. of his life, and none of it is you know none of it's real, none of it's true. It, it looks great. It's getting really good reviews already. Um, I I only had uh, I usually interview nonprofits on here, and so I had this had this question that I usually ask them. I guess maybe it it applies here, but. How does one join an orc patrol? <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, so you guys are performing on the first, the, the Saturday. Is that that's, correct? That's correct. Uh, kind of the, in the middle slot there. Do you know what time? Uh, yeah, I believe we're third. Um, there, it starts at three and we will play third. Um, if you, you know, give everybody an hour long set, um, and then you assume 15, 20 minutes to change out. I'm guessing we would probably go on somewhere between 5.30 and 6. But um, 
in uh, having done uh, having done interviews with nearly everybody who's performing, I can say with confidence that um, people should show up for everybody. Um, yeah. There's something for everybody. It's not. <clears throat> this isn't a bunch of bands that sound exactly the same. Um, um, but not only is there there's something for everybody, I think there's uh, it's it's all really good. It's all high quality. They've done a great job getting a really unique group of awesome bands together. Okay, well, that's uh, Gordon Anderson from Ward Patrol. They'll be performing uh, Saturday afternoon at uh, Carolina Indie Fest uh, behind Hugger Mugger in downtown Sanford. I want to uh, thank you for being a friend of the rant and, uh, um, you know, maybe we can talk to you again. Great, yeah, have me back anytime. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, hey, Gordon. You just yeah. missed uh, Gordon Anderson from, from Ward Patrol. <laughs> that guy's a jerk. Yeah. <laughs>